dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And this edition of Blunt Business is presented by the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, which is coming up August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. You heard me talking about it all the time here on the show. So we hope you'll join us and you'll learn more as we do the show today at usccexpo.com. So thanks for joining us. This episode, we're going to talk about manufacturing, distribution, and branding in the cannabis industry. My guest is the CEO and founder of the premier vertically integrated cannabis company, NUG, N-U-G, and his name is Dr. John Oram. Dr. John Oram, thanks for joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, my pleasure. Well, let's get right started into the questions here. Now, Civilized.com featured your company in an article which was titled, What It's Like Starting a Family Business in the Cannabis Industry. Now, it's led by an all-women management team, and it began when two brothers-in-law conspired to enter the cannabis industry. So you and Jamie B. saw this had to combine your entrepreneurial motivation. And the brothers-in-law obtained a home equity loan, started a lab in Oakland, and started testing products. Your background is in environmental chemistry, and you engineered to build a lab with John B. saw that would develop quality assurance standards for cannabis products. And after some time, you began cultivating and manufacturing products as well. Now, talk to me how you both have been able to work and grow the company, acquire Series A funding to the tune of $15 million, most recently, and being able to keep the family in tech because, you know, it is kind of tough to bring family and business together. Yes, well, it's been it's been an exciting 10 years, just over 10 years. And, and yes, you, you've got the story story right. We, we did start by by founding a, uh, a laboratory, and that was in 2008. That laboratory is called CW Analytical. And mm-hmm. at the time, that was one of the very first cannabis-specific laboratories in, in the country. And so there were really no methods, no, no detailed methods on how to test cannabis and cannabis products. So we spent uh, the first year, year and a half, really dialing in our analytical methods so that we could test products. And then we went out to market and started uh, pulling uh, products off the shelf and testing those products, and and we we found some some positive things. You know, most most products were 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 were, were good in quality, and we also found some pretty concerning things. We found some uh, you know health hazards. I, I would I would describe them as. And so we went on to um, to, to refine our methods and and begin advising. Uh, manufacturers on how to make uh, consistent and and safe uh, cannabis products, and that went really well. And then eventually we we rolled that into our own business, uh, spun out from the laboratory, and developed our own uh, cultivation and manufacturing business, which is now NUG. So you not only have a family business, you also have a management team that is all women by design, or did it just happen to just be you have the right people that would be able to perform and lead the charge on NUG? Yes. Yeah, so uh, to be clear, the the uh, the women management team is uh, in charge of managing our retail department. Okay. So so Nug is a verti- vertically integrated business. We do we cultivate, we extract, we manufacture infused products, we distribute, 
to uh, other dispensaries throughout the state, and then we operate our own dispensaries in California. And the, the women management team is, is uh, charged with uh, building out and operating our retail stores, and that's been uh, fantastic. They really do a, a wonderful job. We recently opened a new store in Sacramento, in the Midtown area of Sacramento. It's a beautiful store, and the team is very well educated, very knowledgeable about the products, and they provide great customer service. Now, Doctor, let's go and kind of segue into another section. Dr. Armour, you were asked about industry trends by the Huffington Post. Soccer moms are coming into the business, in the cannabis business, in droves, and it shouldn't be a surprise. You told HuffPo this, quote, moms generally make health and wellness decisions in the household. As cannabis becomes a more accepted wellness product, especially CBD products, it is natural to expect women to play a greater role in choosing quality cannabis products. So how big of a catalyst could the soccer mom demographic become to further legitimize the industry in the eyes of mainstream culture? Because I would imagine just seeing everyday, you know, homemakers or those that are, you know, career executives or your career uh, really juggling career and family, being able to go ahead and really show a lot of legitimacy and really give a further, better reputation of the culture for the industry. Yeah, yeah, that's the the direction that the industry is going, especially if you consider that cannabis is being uh, developed into and seen as much more of a wellness product, uh, or at least that there are much more wellness products becoming available uh, as opposed to as opposed to just a, uh, I would say, an adult use and new brand. So, uh, you know, it's not happening yet in California. We, we have a, a lot of uh, systematic and regulatory issues in, in California, which I'd love to talk about. Uh, but uh, what we see currently is that the, the consumption demographic, the demographic that currently consumes and spends the, uh, the most money on cannabis is still individuals, uh, mostly single individuals, age 24 to 34. And that's about 60% male, 40% female. Those are the people who are spending money and consuming cannabis today. But we do see uh, as, as time passes and, and as we move uh, you know, in, into the future, we definitely expect the, uh, the, the more advanced uh, generations to be, to be entering the cannabis market. And we certainly expect many more females to be entering the cannabis market, especially around the wellness products. So we are aware of that demographic shift. And we are uh, creating products and services to help uh, to help you know uh, ease that shift and 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 and, and work with the, the new demographic entering the market. But it hasn't happened yet. The consumer base is still the younger twenty four to thirty four year old single individuals. You know, and it was so interesting where I'm reading a lot of stories where we've talked to several different people when it comes to. Uh, the influx of women coming into the industry, that it is a bit of trouble just to see more, uh, a better ratio of executives that are there at that those top positions. And we've heard it from several different routes on terms of uh, if, th- if there's particular f- women that are definitely have the power and actually have the, definitely have the ability and they're able to go and become executives, they might not speak up. Or that those that they're just, there's still a glass something of fortune that might be apparent in some businesses that might be another issue that people talk about. But it's, it's fascinating to go through that, and obviously that's a discussion we want to continue to have here in Blunt Business. We're here with Dr. John Oram, the CEO and founder of NUG. Here on Blunt Business, we're going to be back with more questions with him. But first got to talk to you about the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Again, talking about health and wellness. You know, it's about doctors and patients. 
Doctors, we hope you'll join us on Friday, August 2nd for our physician training and certification program so you can take the exam to become a certified medical marijuana physician. Patients, you'll get to see a medical doctor for an evaluation, a private session so you can quickly and easily get your medical marijuana card. We'll also have featured education, lots of great speakers, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a very interactive exhibit of space inside the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Miami, which is a beautiful venue, brand newly renovated for 2019. And it'll host once again the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Learn more. Go ahead and get your tickets now before it's too late. August 3rd and 4th, book your flight, book the hotel. Come and join us, usccexpo.com. We hope to see you there. Back with more questions with Dr. John Orham in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Dr. John Oram, CEO and founder of NUG. And Dr. John, I want to go ahead and segue into another section and talk about some of the issues. You wrote an op-ed in Capital Weekly, went digging for this story, but it was titled, Tax Break for Cannabis Firms is Just the First Step. You said this, quote, California's legal cannabis industry is in a state of disarray. The market is chaotic. The regulatory landscape is in a constant state of flux. And at the same time, the black market continues to flourish. Consumers find themselves with limited access to quality and safe products as businesses struggle to stay afloat and keep up with the moving target. Now, just to preface, that is context regarding California's legal cannabis industry. And I keep going back to this report a, th- a report that was recently published by the Pharmacy and Therapeutics, Therapeutics Community titled Regulatory and Legislative Disparities with Cannabis Present Challenges to PNT Committees and Healthcare Providers. I'm going to bring this back up for listeners because this is very worth repeating. They said this, quote, 
While there is no universal standard for testing in each state, California has seen some negative stories regarding standards being set by the Bureau of Cannabis Control. One lab, which will rename unnamed, surrendered his business license after a state inspection discovered that the company's lab director allegedly falsified cannabis product testing results for almost four months. This Bureau of Cannabis Control conducted inspections and officials found 22 of 66 required pesticides were not being tested for correctly because of a faulty instrument. Uh, so I've talked to many different people in the, in the California cannabis, cannabis market about this. And, you know, we're, there's a parent of some of these things going on. It's not a, something that's really widely publicized, or, but it's definitely being, uh, there's, it's being addressed. Probably, I don't know if it's to a certain point that everybody's satisfied with. Talk to me first about the regulatory issues that, you know, California's dealing with and what's making it tougher to really stand out and really do well. Sure. Yes, California definitely is in a state of disarray, and there are some uh, legislative fixes that are in the works. Actually, some of them are moving through the legislature this week. Right. Uh, the, the fundamental issue is that we just do not have enough retail stores and uh, dispensaries in the state in order to provide uh, people with the, the, the access to the products that, that they need. And just to kind of give you some, some data points on that, in, in 2017, we had over 2,500 retail dispensaries in the state of California. And at that time, uh, they were most lo- locally regulated. There was no uh, on there was no statewide regulation, so they were locally regulated. And getting an accurate number of how many stores were open at that time is, is tough. But estimates range around uh, just north of 2,500 stores across the state. Transitioning into January 1st of 2018, that's with that's when the onset of statewide regulations occurred. Uh, that number of retail stores dropped dramatically to about 250 or 300 stores across the state. So, you know, overnight, uh, we had about 10% of what we used to have in terms of retail stores. So massive constriction in the marketplace. And at the same time that happened, the state was li- state and local officials were licensing far, far more cultivation and production operations. So the supply is increasing. The pipeline uh, by which you get those that supply to consumers is constricted massively, and you know that there's a, a lot of pressure building there. So, thriving black market, needless to say, just a thriving black market. And it's, uh, it's incredible. It's almost it, it's still kind of a, about near fifty-fifty. I know it's more in the favor of legitimate, uh, legitimately manufactured cannabis. And, I, and you make mention also about some of the bills that are being passed on. I know it was one that was shelved. Uh, because it would have uh, allowed more stores to be opened in certain counties that uh, supported Prop 64. The voters had voted upon it, but that's not going to come into place. And the other bill I believe you're talking about is the increasing the number of retail licenses. I believe that's Assembly Bill 1356 for those scoring at home. And it would be increasing the number of retail licenses in the state by requiring some cities and counties that have banned commercial cannabis to open their doors in the industry. So, you know, we just need to see more things passed. And and maybe that's just more support needs to come into the bureau to help uh, tackle some of these issues. Ta- tackle especially the the illegitimate testing. Tackle the illegitimate cannabis uh, companies that are out there that are also being listed in some apps, giving them more legitimacy, and to get the black market in control. 
Yes, that, that's right. I mean, the, it, again, it, it is a state of disarray and all of these things are happening at once. You know, we have slow licensing of businesses. We have, uh, you know, very burdensome uh, tax, taxing measures. I mean, the consumer is taxed at, a, at close to 40%. When they walk in and buy a $100 product, they're going to be paying 100 That's just, you know, that's very burdensome on, on the consumer. And then at the same time, we have testing regulations that are the most uh, strict in the country. And actually, your cannabis in California is tested far more rigorously than your fruit, fruits and vegetables are. So it's it's a very highly tested product, and that that causes challenges for producers who uh, you know have never had had to test their product before, and and now they they have to test at this you know hugely high level, and it's expensive, and 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 the just the logistics of getting your products is tested is difficult. And, uh, and then and, you know, ultimately distributing your products to market is still very difficult. I am happy to say there's about, uh, I'd say, just over 500 dispensaries in the state now. So the pipeline is expanding and you know, more retail is coming on board. So I see a bright future for California, but it's still very difficult. And in fact, the state only collected about a third of the taxes that they expected. Right. So and something I saw- needs to happen. The state realizes it. And, and, and yeah, we're working to, to fix things. Well, but that's the part of it. Okay, so Governor Newsom comes out, talks about, oh, we lost the, the decrease in tax revenue. Okay, you know how to fix that? You know, that's where the Bureau comes in. That's also where law enforcement has to have a little more a chance to go and take care of certain things. I also brought up, and if everybody has listened to any episode of Bum Business talking about California, these are two stories that keep coming back to and hampering upon and just thumping upon because I hope this message will resonate and vibrate to the state legislature in Sacramento. I really hope they figure this out and do more to get this because if they want the money, they have to earn it. So the New York Times brought up an article last month about the California cannabis market reporting law enforcement officials continue to uncover illicit marijuana farms in Northern California and in Southern California, hundreds of illegal delivery services and cannabis dispensaries. Some of them registered as churches are serving a steady stream of customers. So talk to me, Dr. Orm about, you know, the implications of the, of uh, the consumer issues that are being brought to light by this, that really it's a matter of let's go and protect the people that are using this product. That's right. You know, the regulations were put in place in order to have a, a secure supply chain and, and, you know, being able to deliver quality and safe products to market. And, uh, you know, that's not necessarily happening because of, you know, these illicit stores that are open. My advice to consumers is uh, make sure you go to a, a, a good quality store. Um, you can go to the DCC's website and make sure that your, your neighborhood store is licensed. Um, and I would definitely recommend you go to a licensed store. If, if you, if you find a licensed store and, and they're out there, of course, there's just over 500 across the state and they're all, the licensed ones are regulated rigorously. All products are tested. Um, every, the DCC is doing inspections of these stores and the distributors that supply them products. So certainly the, the system is working. Uh, it just needs to be expanded. Um, we would, the industry would like to see some relief on taxes, even if it's just temporary to get, kind of give us a booster shot. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to say the state regulators are listening to us. It's a slow game, but uh, the state is listening to us. And I do expect the market to, to rebound here in the, you know, within the next six to eight months, I'd say. And, you know, and we should start get back to normalcy a little bit. And let's go ahead yeah. and talk about taxes, because actually something in the Capital Weekly article that you wrote, you also preface how lawmakers announced a bill designed to give legal cannabis businesses a tax break. 
and that it would in turn it would support the legal market while suppressing the black market, which that's good. But then again, hopefully other cannabis owners and others that are advocates for the industry will do it with the neighborhood neighborhood watch kind of self-police a little bit and also start reporting on those illegal markets that are out there and let's make sure that the proper the people are doing the proper work are getting their proper due and, and you know everything will work in harmony now there's a state excise tax for those who didn't know of 24 percent levied on all cannabis products that enter the marketplace add local taxes and sales taxes and the consumer can see a combined tax rate of near 40 percent on their receipts now as we mentioned, we were talking about the uh, Gavin Newsom coming out, mentioning how recent budget documents, and if you didn't know, I'm going to give you that clarity. The administration said it's scaling back on what it expects to collect in cannabis tax revenue by $223 million through June 2020, and slowed sales are gouging a hole in California's budget, which we already know California needs the help in the budget because it has been getting much of a deficit. So as of May 1st, that bill was referred to the Appropriations Committee. So have you heard so far, this is, we're now recording on the 31st. We've had the full month to see what's happening. Have you heard any feedback that, that's come out of what's been proposed in your op-ed, what the state's been considering, where do you think things are going to go with that tax relief and with uh, regulation and obstacles to, you know, get the market in track? So it was a big week here this week, uh, here at the end, end of May, and unfortunately, the bills are not passing. So the industry is not going to see tax relief, at least not this time around. And the other, the bill around uh, um, uh, increasing the number of dispensaries is also uh, faltering. So we're not getting the relief that, that the industry really needs, and it's, you know, it's too bad. But I'm not throwing in the towel. The legislature is oh, no. still listening. They still want to fix this issue. Uh, they know it needs to be fixed. And, uh, you know, I think once once we kind of give the industry a booster shot with some temporary reprieves here, the industry will come back, and they and then the state will start to see uh, the revenue that, that they need. And, and you bring up the issue of self-policing and, you know, maybe policing your own neighborhood. I think that's a great idea. It's sort of, it's hard to, to get that to happen if you think about where cannabis came from. And, you know, it's always been sort of, it's been underground. You know, you call your friend who shows up and knocks on the secret knock on the door and, you know, he gives you your cannabis and you don't really talk about it. So, you know, it's ingrained in people. You don't really talk about cannabis and uh, that needs to change too. I think as the dialogue opens up, people talk about what's happening, talk about the great products they have, talk about their concerns about the black market. I think we'll see some changes. And you know, when you think about the, the I, I haven't, real, if I was trying to look for it, it's kind of hard to go and find what the exact amount of the budget that's being, you know, pushed out there and allocated for 2019, 2020. But I'd imagine if they can go and get numbers back up, back over quarter of a billion dollars a year from the cannabis industry that's that's just so important for the legislators to get themselves out there and also to get a shift kick in the ass to make sure they start getting bills passed if they're getting written you know there is a tremendous amount of support from a community and you know from a citizenry that has been supporting cannabis for over 20 years it's time to go ahead and fully get behind and support this without any more kind of, you know, back channels or any kind of lobbying efforts to slow things down. That's what needs to happen. That's right. That's at least where my opinion comes in uh, without putting any words in anybody else's mouth. Anyway, uh, Dr. Joe Orman is here with me, the CEO and founder of NUG. We're going to be here with final questions with Dr. Orman in just a moment. Stay with us. 
rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, Smart Pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart Pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million Smart Pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Back with final questions with John Orham, CEO and founder of NUG. Uh, Dr. John, you were asked by Thrive Global, uh, which is the coming now that uh, Ariane Huffington started up after Huffington Post. It's about five things I wish someone told me before I started. <laughs> you listed one of those as buckle up. It's going to be a long, bumpy road. He said this, quote, It is not all roses in the cannabis industry. Be ready for a crazy ride. Every day will present new challenges, but keep your head on straight. Don't take things too personally. So what do you think it'll take for the road, that road to smooth out? In general, I guess, not just, we've already talked about California, but I guess even if there's further support within the country, whether it's the States Act or a full-fledged legalization, and Safe Banking Act passing, other things like that, what are some of the things that you could definitely see that would truly smooth things out and make this industry really ride along the road, per along the road, if you will? Sure. Yeah. You, you know, I, I definitely go back to my, my recommendations of, uh, you know, you if you're going to start a cannabis business, it is going to be a bumpy road. So you need to be ready for it. You got to go in eyes wide open. Uh, but that's just how it is today. And I am confident that things are going to change. And the challenges that we're facing around around taxes, around getting products to market, around opening new stores and just, you know, opening the market, providing more access. Those are going to happen and new businesses will come on. I'm confident in that. And some of the things that could happen uh, at the legislative level, uh, I've mentioned some of them, tax repeat reprieves in California and elsewhere, banking, 
safe banking is huge. You know, the cannabis is a cash business and has been, and there is some limited banking available, but largely, you know, it's cash business. That is very difficult. And the overhead costs of, of working with cash is daunting. And, uh, you know, so, and, and it can be dangerous. So providing cash, uh, I'm sorry, providing banking services will help uh, change the business. Also, changing perceptions, uh, you know, cannabis, uh, people look at cannabis, they call it the green rush. It is a green rush. It's a new industry. We're building this from the ground up, but that doesn't mean we're just swimming in cash and swimming in money. The way the regulations have rolled out in California and elsewhere has made it so really the only the well capitalized can survive as this industry is being built. And so the challenge is how do we provide uh, a pathway for small businesses to to start and stay relevant and and and, and begin to build stable businesses uh, without having to be so overly capitalized at you know hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's a real challenge. And you know, do I blame regulations for the way that big business is coming in and taking over cannabis? Not necessarily, but the regulations as how they're drafted and the burdens that they impose on businesses have certainly made it so that only the well-capitalized are surviving. And that is a huge challenge and a huge issue that the industry needs to overcome. And let's hope that all comes to pass. I'm going to come back full circle because we were talking about, you know, the history of Nug and how it all came to be. I know earlier in the episode you were talking about a new store that was just built in Midtown Sacramento. Dope Magazine put a very nice profile piece for all of you out there to go and take a look for. And so I got some pictures of uh, that I got to see of the new facility in Midtown Sacramento. It looks gorgeous. I love the whole thing with the uh, the wood kind of just this paneling, just the dark wood. And you got that good green with the uh, the logo sitting in the background. Nice lounge area. Great Really well said. I love the design of the store. It's it's just gorgeous. So congratulations on that. Uh, while Thank people are going to get a chance, hopefully you'll be in Sacramento in the area and get a chance to go and be to that store if you're close to the area. And talk to me about Nug itself and talk to me about just some of the things that are going on in terms of what else you're working on. And take a minute to talk to our listeners about what they should learn about when it comes to NugNUG.com. And yeah, give us a background on some of the product line sure. fill us in sure sure yeah so uh nug is a totally vertically integrated company in, in california and uh we're more than just a company we are a vertically integrated brand and that means we uh you know we really focus on manufacturing distribution and brand and we manufacture and create very high quality products we distribute those across the state at a, in a very efficient manner, and we provide good services, distribution services uh, to our other retail partners. And then we also sell our products at our own retail stores. And many, many people uh, would would look at that and say, "Why are you Why are you vertically integrated? That's a lot of work. It's a lot of capital. And you know, you, why didn't you just pick one segment and do really well at it?" Well, we, we've been doing this for 10 years, and in, in order to start a brand, you know, you have to have a secure supply chain, and that didn't exist previously. So we built the supply chain. We became vertically integrated because we had to. We needed to control the process. If we wanted to say we're delivering quality products, we needed to control every step of the way. So we built that, and we do control all of, all of the processes, and so we can stand by, and we do stand by our products. Um, and then opening retail for us has been more than just having a retail store. It's really about a branding experience. 
if I liken it to Nike, if you, if you look at Phil Knight, when he developed Nike, he was having problems controlling the experience and the brand message around his shoes. And so what did he do? He opened up a flagship store and he has a, he still has flagship Nike stores. You can buy Nikes anywhere, but when you go to New York or San Francisco or LA, you want to visit these flagship stores. That's the same model we have with Nug. You're going to find our products across California, but when you come to Sacramento, when you come to Oakland, you want to visit our stores and you want to see how Nug is supposed to be experienced, how the retail experience is supposed to go, how you're supposed to interact with our products. That's the very key uh, uh, message we're trying to get across by opening our own retail stores. That's fantastic. We're going to notice within the community, you're working on diversity and uh, being active in the community, working with the Oakland Cannabis Equity Program, uh, working to help previously disenfranchised people succeed. And, you know, this is all from a company that, like you said, you were the first California brand to oversee products all the way from your indoor cultivation and extraction facilities to the in-store experience. And I see you have more stores to open in California. This is great. And I, I really thank you so much for making time to go ahead and tell the story for us and, and just to go through what's going on in California. Obviously, you're in the trenches and we're learning more. And like I said, every chance I get to go and talk about California and just to, you know, get the country, get that get that state into shape, I want to take the opportunity to do that. So again, nug.com, nug.com is where you can find more about the website and you can learn more about what Dr. Orm and the team is doing over there. And I commend all of you for uh, – Coming you and your team and, you know, your brother-in-law and the, and the missus for letting you go ahead and put this business together. I'm glad to see how it's done so well after a decade. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I enjoyed our conversation. My pleasure. And hopefully we're going to make sure to keep in touch with you down the line. So, again, Dr. John Orham, CEO and founder of NUG here on Bunt Business. And that's going to do it for another show this week. Uh, real quickly, again, remember that the United States Cannabis Conference Expo is August 3rd and 4th. That's all I'm going to tell you. You just got to go to usccexpo.com to learn more. Go get your tickets. Join us there. We hope to see you there. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us. You can download past episodes of Blunt Business by going to cannabisradio.com. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you go ahead and give us a big five stars and review us. And tell us really how you feel about the show. Really, I want to hear from you on what the criticism or the praise, whichever it is. I hope there's more praise than the other. You can also find the show on Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.